Welcome to another edition of Through My Lens. I'm your host, Karen Jackson. And Through Our Lens is an opportunity to talk to some powerful men and women who are not letting their circumstances, their challenges, or anything that they have working against them to define who they are and what they can accomplish. And so I'm excited today to have Ms. Elena Rarick. She is, she is phenomenal. She is a phenomenal entrepreneur. She is a sister girlfriend as well. And she has just some remarkable things going on. She is building empires, helping other people build their business empires all over the world. And so I am so excited that you are joining me today, Elena. Well, I am very excited to be here. So thanks for inviting me. Wonderful, wonderful. So tell our listening audience a little bit about your background um, and what you're currently doing today. Awesome. So I am 38 years old. I have four children. The youngest is nine and the oldest is 17, two boys, two girls. And I am currently married and have been for I lost count many years. We have four kids <laughs> together, so long, long time. But um, my background is both of my parents were entrepreneurs and they raised me to be an entrepreneur. In fact, I even dropped out of high school because we cared less about the traditional schooling. And my parents were working with me and my brothers daily to teach us business. And we worked for them in their corporation when we were younger, uh, as early as the age of 12, training in all the positions of their company. And my parents used to pay us to read books and write reports. And all the books had to do with business, life, personal development, spirituality. So we had our own kind of schooling going on. So that's a little bit of background. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And so tell me what type of business do you have today? Well, I have a company called Transform International. We have grown to nine different countries over the last eight years that I started this company. And it started off with, it really started off as me being a life coach and writing books and developing my own programs. And they went everywhere. I was teaching my programs in prisons and high schools. And then people started asking me, how did I write the book? How did I get it published? How did I create these programs? How did I get them into the prisons and high schools? And so I started helping other people do it and realized that is where I needed to be, was to teach people how to write uh, become an author, publish book marketing, and really grow their business as a whole and help them develop programs that they can sell. And so I'm no longer a life coach. That was very short lived, which I'm excited because I'm way better at what I do now. And it's really anything that entrepreneurs need because as an author, you need a website. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, graphic designs, we are fully staffed with all sorts of great talent to help with all the many projects that we do for our clients. And here's the thing is we understand that it's expensive to write a book, to publish a book, to get a website built, entrepreneurship is not cheap. Let me tell you that. So we created what's called a mastermind group. So we have transform mastermind and that is where people can join for just $35 a month. 
We have a monthly meeting and we have lots of teachings that go out. They can also log into the membership portal where all of my many academies and programs are that teach them how to do everything themselves. So for an example, if you can't afford to have me help you with your book and teach you how to be an author and how to write, you can log in and take the course and do it yourself. So we really have something for everyone and nobody should ever say, I can't afford it. Well, that sounds like a wonderful opportunity for any business owner. And I wanted to ask you, do you think that, um, what do you think for entrepreneurs, someone who's interested, I know you said that you kind of looked at what you were passionate about, what you like to do and, and let that lead you into your business. Do you recommend that for other entrepreneurs as well? Here's the thing. Uh, I think it all starts out with what's your business plan. And we usually center the business plan around our passion. Well, I always teach people, unless you need some sort of loan and they need to see a business plan, really, if you're going to do a business plan, be very lenient on it because you never know what God has in store for you. Every day I pray, God, open the doors you want to open and shut the doors you want to shut. And mm -hmm. when it comes to passion, I hear it all the time. Make your passion your profit. I advise against that in all honesty. I say be very careful because when your passion becomes your profit, it's no longer your passion. And let me give you an example of why I say that. I was okay. reading books. I have a very large library. I have read thousands upon thousands of books. And if I did not read them, I listened to them. Plus all the many okay. videos because that's where we're at. I love to read. If I have the day off, I'm going to go lay out by my pool, have a margarita and read a good book. And my type of reading is books are books that teach me something. So personal development or business or something like that. Very rarely do I read a storybook. Well, when I started helping everybody else write their books and really get into the editing and becoming a ghostwriter, I've written lots of books that people don't know that I've written because the author gets the credit when you're a ghostwriter. Mm -hmm. I realized that I lost my passion for reading. So on my day mm -hmm. off, I no longer want to lay by my pool and read a book because I read all day long. And so you want to be careful depending on what your passion is you may lose that. And when your passion books is who I am, and it is a huge part of who I am. So if I lose my passion for reading and my passion for books, I start to lose myself. So I would just caution people to be careful with doing that and find a way to do it without robbing yourself of your passion. So I can still work with books, but I don't want to be the one to edit it edit it anymore or read it and give the feedback. So I had to learn. I love publishing books. I love marketing mm -hmm. books. I love building websites for authors and training public speakers to speak about their book. But to really get in there and do the editing, I realized I just can't do that anymore because I want to write my own books and I want to read for enjoyment again. That's some really, really great advice. Um, I can even say that for myself. I um, I love to write, but then I started writing in my regular job and um, and now I haven't wrote as much as I would have liked. So um, the pandemic has changed that a bit because I have more time. So I've been more intentional about making time to write the things that I want to write about and not 
you know, a business paper and, and those kind of things. So it is allowing me that opportunity. I wanted to ask you something. I think you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. You talked about not being so confined to a business plan and, and being flexible enough to look at, you know, other possibilities. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, over the last year, I think a lot of all of us have had to rethink and be a little bit more creative in our business. How has the um, pandemic changed you and how you look at your business or how you even coach other entrepreneurs in business? Well, when it comes to the pandemic, uh, there might be two different topics here to talk about. When it comes to the pandemic, it actually affected me in a really good way. And when it comes to business, not personal, because of course I was trapped in my house with a husband and four kids also. <laughs> so that's not always healthy. But in business, it really was beneficial to me because when the stimulus checks went out, people were using that to finally write and publish that book. When, entre when other entrepreneurs or business people can't go to work and they're stuck at home, then they look at it like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for me to finally write that book while I'm sitting here. So we actually had a very huge increase in business in 2020. So I thank God for that. We were very, very blessed. Now, going back to the business plan, here's the thing. When I started my business eight years ago, this business, I did do stuff before, but this business I went after being a life coach, developing programs and writing books. And of course, public speaking, I've been doing that since I was 18. So that was as far as my vision took me. I didn't know where else I wanted to go, what was out there. I didn't know the doors that God would open for me. So if I would have had this strict business plan, which I did have a business plan back then, but something in my spirit moved me to say that it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't worth pulling out of the, the filing cabinet, put it that way. So I didn't pay much attention to it, but I was coached to have one and, and hired somebody to help me create it. But I didn't like it and didn't pay attention. But had I had that business plan out and had these like strict goals that I want to get into X amount of prisons and X amount of high schools, really, that would have led me down a path that I wouldn't have wanted to be on long term. But when somebody comes to me and says, hey, can you help me write a book? Can you help me with my website? Can you help me develop a program? I'm not going to say, well, no, because that's not what I do for a living because my business plan is this. I'm going to say, sure, let's give it a try. And then they told a friend. And before you know it, we have Transform Publishing and we I own my own publishing company. So the business plan, I feel like it traps you to say, look at me and do what I say. Where if you get rid of that and turn to God and keep keep your opportunities open. For an example, right now we have a radio show and I live in Ohio and a radio station. It's uh, Unity Radio 97.9 FM and it's in Worcester, Massachusetts. They recently contacted me because of the publishing company and the writing and everything I do. And they really wanted a show where authors could come and express themselves on the show. And we talked about writing in all styles, whether it's a blogger or a reporter or an author, any type of communication, really, even public speakers. 
And they had asked me if I wanted my own radio show. And I thought, wow, what a great opportunity. Well, if I was blinded by a business plan and sticking to this strict roadmap, I probably would have been like, oh, no, that's not for me. But instead, I was able to pray about it and say, is this the direction we want to go for 2021? Well, so we said yes. We just did two episodes. We're, we finished the second episode this week. We're doing a third one on Thursday because they came back to me this morning and said, we love your show. We love your abilities. Will you do two shows a week? <laughs> wow. So here's, I went to my co-host and I said, okay, they want two shows a week, which is really going to give us a lot more work because of all the planning and recording and everything that goes into it. I said, do you want to do two shows a week? And she said, well, she was unsure and picked my brain. And I said, well, all it means is that we have to take something off of our plate. So what mm -hmm. do we not want to do anymore so we can add this? Because here's where this could lead. And if we look at the tasks we're currently doing, where are those going to lead? Or are they out of date? Is it time to stop doing something else? So we threw around the idea and we decided, yes, we're going to do two shows a week. So, and it's in a whole nother state. It, they also air it on social media. So it's just a great opportunity for me to help other people. It's still within the type of work I like to do, teaching. My number one thing is teaching. It's what I realized I really love doing and talking. We all know I love to talk. I, mm -hmm. I was the kid in school who always had her desk moved away from the other kids for talking too much. So it's a, it's a new road. And with a business plan, I might have not have said yes. That's so important. You talked about vision. Um, do you think that's important? How, how important do you think vision is for entrepreneurs? Well, my dad taught me at a young, very young age, back when he was teaching me business, he says, you have to be like a horse with those blinders on. You know, the, I don't know if they're called blinders, but you know, those black circles <laughs> that horses have. And mm -hmm. we just went to Amish country um, two weekends ago and saw lots of horses and they all had those blinders on. And so dad always said, you got to stay focused. However, through experience and dad was right, you got to stay focused. However, you have to be willing to use the neck to turn and look around because mm -hmm. Things are going to come your way. And if your blinders are on too tight and your neck is stuck in the forward position, you're not going to see those opportunities that either, like I said, will replace something you're currently doing that has become stale and it's time to move on and do something new. Or you'll miss seeing an opportunity that will enhance what you already have going on. So here's, here's where I go with vision. I have a vision, but my vision is as loose as my business plan. Because again, going back to my, my prayer life is I want God's vision. And his vision is way greater than anything that I could ever imagine. And so I count on God's vision to lead my way. So for an example, I prayed January, looking back at 2020, it was fun. We made great money. We met great people. We expanded into more countries. We did awesome. However, I I really I re I hired more people. Not everybody worked out. And I realized entrepreneurs are taught once you have that goal and you reach it. So I reached a new goal for 2020. Like I surpassed my goal. 
It was a whole new lifestyle. I was ready and it was exciting. So as an entrepreneur, we're taught set the next goal to be higher, get to that next level. Well, I had realized I don't want to do that. That it just wasn't. I had a great time. It was great money, but I lost a lot of my time freedom. And that's mm -hmm. what's really important to me because my time freedom allows me to pour into my family, my friends, my loved ones. And so I reevaluated for January for 2021. I didn't set my goals higher. I actually did something completely different. I prayed and told God, thank you for 2020. It was awesome. I'm not satisfied. I don't want 2021 to be like 2020. And I don't want it to be busier than 2020. I'm ready for something new. I don't know what it is. But God, you know what it is. You have a vision for my life. You have a reason you created me. So if my spirit is unsettled, I'm going to take that as a sign that God's telling me something new is coming. And I told him, I said, if you don't want me to have this type of client anymore, then don't send me any more of those types of clients because I will say yes. If you don't want me to have this type of client anymore, then don't send them because I'll say yes, because it's what I do. So it's amazing because these certain types of clients he has not sent me, but he sent me this radio station, this radio show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is so powerful. I never, when I was looking at 2021, what I wanted my goals to be and where I wanted to go, I never thought about a radio show, never crossed my mind. But God's vision, he knew that. And so that's what I mean when I say I count on God's vision for my life and not my own. I can tell, I can um, tell God, which he already knows, but I can tell him how I feel, what I'm thinking and say, what do, you, what do we do with these emotions that I'm having? What do we do with the things I don't want and the things I want? And open the doors that you want to open and close the doors that you want to close. And he did exactly that. He, and he always does. And I love it. I love watching God work in my life. That's an awesome story. And, you know, um, oftentimes you God's plan is is not what your traditional business advice is um, or that you may receive from a business coach or someone like that. So tell me, what if someone is kind of stuck? They're not real sure where, what they should do next. Um, what would you recommend? Well, number one, because I'm going to keep God at the forefront since he is on top of mind right now. I actually wrote a song and it was on one of my bucket lists. I do not want to be a songwriter. I just knew that I'm a writer and I have to write a song. And someday I'll write a poem, which I'm terrible at poetry and don't understand it. But I want to experience life and all these things. So anyways, mm -hmm. I wrote this song. Uh, it was a year and a half ago. And one of the lines in it that came to me, I always say God helped me to write this song for sure. Because I was writing a line in it and I said, it, it's a Christian song, of course, and I'm speaking to God. And I said, I'm falling for you two knees at a time. Mm. So I think when people feel stuck, fall for God, two knees at a time, get on your knees and pray. And that's the thing is we pray. I pray all day. God's my best friend. Wherever I go, we're having conversations. People might think I have an imaginary friend, but there are times that call for solitude and to fall two knees at a time and really 
have that relationship with God and say, listen, God, I'm stuck. I'm not sure what to do. What vision do you have for me? What doors are you, do you want to open? What doors do you want? What doors have God, has God been trying to close that you just won't let him close? What are you being mm -hmm. stubborn about? If something is really, really hard and you're not getting anywhere, maybe that's God saying, you're not ready yet. I keep trying to close this door to save you from this frustration, but you're not letting it shut. So it's really being in tune with, like I said earlier, God's vision. So um, sometimes we can be really stubborn. I'll give you an example. I was really stubborn. I told you earlier I had a business before and I knew in my spirit that was not my purpose in life. That was not my business. And what it was, it was a decal business. And I thought it was my purpose because God was at the forefront of it. And all the decals were Christian sayings. But i that's when my anxiety started in life. And I just knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, but I was trying to rush my purpose. And God mm. was trying to close the door, but I was not letting it shut. And the business was going good, but my spirit was unsettled. Well, I ended up losing everything in a house fire because my business was in my home. And it was the most devastating thing, a family of six with walking away with nothing. And we did not have good insurance at all, not to cover six people. So, and we were renting. I don't know if I already said that, but we were renting. And you know what I realized? Okay, God's serious. He just took my business from me because I was not listening. So a lot of people looked at the fire and said, you know, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I said, no, no, I was being so disobedient and God wanted me on this path and I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't let that door close. And I was fighting him at every turn, but I was feeling stuck. And so I think it was a blessing in disguise. And the other reason I feel that way is because he replaced everything that we lost tenfold. I mean, we got back so much more than we lost. We came out so much on top because of the donations and the community coming together. And so he never let us be too hurt. Yeah, we lost really important memories and, and items that we cherished, but he replaced all of it and then some. But it was, I was stuck and I wasn't listening to what he was stirring up in me that that wasn't my purpose. So I probably went on a little rant there, but that would be my number one thing. If you're feeling stuck, my question to you are, are you paying attention? Are you being still and quiet enough to hear from God to see what he wants for your life? Or are you ignoring him and saying, kicking your feet like a toddler saying, but this is what I want. This is what I think is right. So number one, fall for God, two knees at a time and really pay attention. But also join other people in your field. If you are an entrepreneur, find a great mastermind group. Let them know how you're feeling. Let them know where you're stuck. Maybe it's not about feeling stuck in life of not knowing what to do. Maybe it's feeling stuck of you need a website and you don't know how to get one. You know, those are great things for a mastermind group to ask questions, meet new people, expand your network and get things done, get done what needs to be done. That's so important. And, you know, um, during the pandemic, people may have lost jobs. People, you know, may have had to rethink, like you said, rethink how they operate. What would you say to someone? Maybe they have been unemployed and, and maybe they've always dreamed of wanting to start a business, but really not sure where to start. What would you say to them? 
Well, that is a terrible place to be. I remember being there mm -hmm. and I would never want to start back at the beginning because it is it's hard when you start a business. Getting off the ground is the hardest, but once you get the momentum, then it just keeps getting better and better. So being at the very beginning, uh, just know that there's a bright future in store for you. Your very first step is to, of course, get that LLC, but don't jump the gun. What I see people do is they, they come up with a business name that doesn't make sense. And Karen, I think it was you, it might've been someone else, but we were talking about, uh, business names that trap you. So maybe right yeah. now in your life, you want to help women. But what, so you might come up with a business that says transforming women's lives. What happens 10 years from now when you're, when God calls you to something else and maybe it's now to help children? Well, your business name legally is all about women. So how do you change to children or married couples or men or everybody? So number one is when you're coming up with the name of your company, make sure it does not trap you in any way, shape or form. So that's a classic example of why my company is transform. No matter where God takes me, I can transform anything. Right. If I if he, if he tells me someday that I'm going to help uh, give people makeovers, which wouldn't I cannot ever foresee happening because I have a stylist, um, Trina Wilson, I'll give her a plug. Trina Wilson, find her on Facebook. She's awesome. Um, but she's my stylist. And but if God ever called me to do that, then I can transform your look. Right. So come up with something that doesn't trap you. Your tagline to. Never let it trap you to one niche. Even if you have a niche, the titles should never trap you into it. Next, you need an LLC. So I know around here, I'm pretty sure it's probably around everybody's area. Your college will open you up an LLC for free. So if you have any type of business college in your area, even if it's two hours away in your state, contact the business college and ask them if they have a department that helps people set up an LLC. Though so you'll go to their office. If it's long distance, maybe a phone call. You probably have to go in to sign papers. Maybe they could fax it. Mine's local. So I just went into the office. The ladies, you sit down at her desk and she asks you all the questions. You fill in all the paperwork, you sign it. She does all the rest of the work and all you pay is your state's filing fee. I tell you that because I don't want to see somebody new wasting a ton of money having an attorney open up their business for them. Just call your local college. That's some great advice. What other advice or uh, tell me this, what would you um, say? What are some of the top two lessons that you learned as a business owner that you would share with um, someone? Mm. Oh gosh. Top two. I hate putting, you know, when someone says, what's your favorite movie? I can never say because there's so many. So I won't <laughs> say these are my top two, but I will give okay. two. Okay. 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 Number, number one, when you will have negative feelings as an entrepreneur and there'll be negative feelings towards a client, right? How you feel negatively is never your client's business. Ever. I have clients who will frustrate me and I'll hang up the phone and be like, oh my gosh, they're driving me crazy. They keep changing their mind or they keep doing this. Keep that to yourself. Your job as a business owner is to have patience, to be a leader, 
and a leader doesn't sweat in front of people who I say are below them, not as a person, but on a business level during mm-hmm. that transaction, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. her is above me and sometimes I'm above her. It just depends on the transaction that's going on. Um, so when a client, you are considered the leader, so the leader doesn't sweat in front of the client ever. Also, never tell a client no, ever. Now you can say no without saying no. So Karen, you were one of my clients for a long time. If you said, hey, Elena, can I have a million dollars? I would not say, no, you cannot. No. I said, you know what? Let's figure out a way for you to get that. Or let me there connect you with somebody else who can help you to achieve that, right? So it's a way of not saying no, because no is a very harsh word. And I was actually training a life coach, uh, certifying her as a life coach. And we did some practice of her selling me to hire her. And I said, well, I would really like to have where you text me every morning to say, hey, did you get your goals done? Just so I have to, I know I have to answer to you. And she says, oh, well, we don't do that. And I said, okay, pause, pause this practice session. You will do that for a certain dollar amount, won't you? I said, if I just want to give you $100 to send me a text every morning, would you do it? She's like, well, heck yeah. I said, so why did you tell me that you don't do that? Mm -hmm. Right? There's there's always a way. So instead of her saying, oh, no, we don't do that here. One, figure out what they're willing to pay. And if you're willing to do it for a certain amount of money, maybe it's something new you add. Maybe that's got opening a door to a new thing you should offer. But Mm -hmm. if you absolutely know it's not for you, so Karen, if you asked me if I would uh, send you a video of me doing the chicken dance every morning, not going to happen, <laughs> right? So I would I would say, you know what? Let me find you somebody who will do that. Or I'll tell you what, I can't do the chicken dance every morning, but I'll send you a video of somebody else doing a chicken dance every morning. And I would shoot you over YouTube videos I find or something. But there's a way to always help. So never say no and never show your clients that you're sweating and even if you even if you really just want to yell at them, don't do it. Go talk to your friend or your husband about it. That's some great, great advice is learning how to say no without saying no, because there's always a way that you can do. Um, you can move through a challenge or a circumstance. It's just looking at it differently, like we've been talking about before. I wanted to ask you also. Um, when we talk about the success of women, I have to have to throw that in because that's part of my passion. And, you know, you hear statistics, um, you know, women are not as, uh, you know, we, we may not have exposure to capital. We may not have the opportunities that maybe others would. How do you encourage women to not let those issues be a stumbling block in their business? Well, Karen, um, I'm going to say this as softly as I can. I Mm -hmm. don't believe that way. I don't believe that anybody's underprivileged. I don't believe in privilege Mm -hmm. on, on these levels because I know women who do have access to capital. I know women who are more successful than men. So to me, your number one step is get out of victim mode, because if she can do it, you can do it. 
It's just that she knew how to do it and she had the right people skills. She had had the right connections. And so a lot of times we see women who we can say, well, she got that because she's privileged or because, you know, people may look at me that way because of the way my parents raised me. But my parents could only raise me for so, so long. I had to continue to apply what they taught me and to keep on learning. I had to choose to surpass what they were capable of doing for me. I had to get out there and uh, network in all these different networking um, groups until I found the right one that suited me. And when none of them did, I had to start my own. <laughs> so it's a matter of when you feel like the victim and you feel like, well, I'm a woman, so I don't have what I need to be able to be successful. I want you to ask yourself if that's true. Is that really true? Because there's women who did do it. And if, if one other woman did it, then you can do it. You just have to know how. You, it's a matter of a lot of times it's easier to play victim than to admit that we're ignorant. So if I can't be as successful as another woman, it's because I don't know what she knows yet. Or I haven't polished up my personality yet. Maybe I have a personality that rubs people the wrong way. And it's the majority of people. So I keep getting stuck because nobody likes me because I'm too harsh or I'm too much of a bulldog or I'm too shy or I'm always late or what, what is hurting you, right? Mm. Because that, so I know it's the opposite of what a lot of women believe and I'm not trying to offend anybody or anything like that. I want to really encourage people to, to try a different route than I can't do it because just stop. You can do it. You can. It might take you longer. It might be harder. It, you might have more challenges. You might have different challenges. But every person who's become successful had their own set of challenges that they had to overcome and their own way of figuring it out. So just keep on going and ask for help and talk things out until you figure out where to go. I always tell people we all have blind spots. So we it's think true. we're doing okay, but go, go around your closest friends and family and ask them, what are three of my blind spots? What's something that I do that I'm not realizing that I'm doing that turns people off? And trust me, oh, they'll be ready. They'll say, well, first <laughs> off. <laughs> so number one, figure out your blind spots and then see if you still can't because you're a woman. That's some great advice because uh, I think honestly, at the end of the day, even if we are stuck in that um, victim mindset, we give off a certain energy, whether it's good or bad. And so when you are dealing with something internal, it's so important to make sure that you deal with your stuff and you're not projecting it out into the world because it definitely could be hindering you in your business. Absolutely, a, a sample of this would be, when I was in high school, one of the reasons I dropped out is because I couldn't get along with girls. Now, one, I was raised with um, seven brothers and I was the youngest and the only girl, so I really didn't know how to get along with girls. I, I really didn't, that was my ignorance. But at the same time, girls always thought I was the B word. And when I, I remember even going into my freshman year, 
my brother had come home who was already in high school and he said, oh, the girls are already not looking forward to you coming into high school because they think you're the B word. And I was like, what the heck? I'm the nicest person. I'm the most soft hearted, sensitive, kind, want to help and love on everyone. How can they think this about me? Well, I never knew for years until I became a public speaker and I recorded myself giving a speech and I realized my passion comes off as the B word. Mm. I'm, I'm really my facial expressions, my body language. I have that lean in. So if I'm telling you, Karen, you should believe in yourself. I'm actually looking at you like you're disgusting and you should believe in yourself, even though that's not where my heart is. And I watched that video of me speaking and I was like, oh, that's why everybody thinks I'm the B word. I look mean. I look mean. I look angry. So that, that was my blind spot. So you really got to figure that out. You know, what are you giving off into the world that is the opposite of who you are and you don't even know you're doing it? And I think that's so true. Um, even as a leader of running a business, you're dealing with different employees, different personalities. You're dealing with consultants and, and all those kind of things. And you do have to um, sometimes look within. Sometimes it's easier for us to look with look at the other person and say, well, I responded because of this. But it is very important to, to look within yourself in order to, to make the changes you need to make. Uh, you know, that that's the one we do have control over that for sure is what we can do for ourselves and change within ourselves. I can't believe we're almost out of time, Elena. But um, I wanted to uh, give you an opportunity to, I have one question to ask you, but I definitely want to give you an opportunity to remind our audience about how to find you on your radio station, your transform group. And I do want to say I am a member of the transform uh, family. And if you have a challenge, if you just need to be around other entrepreneurs to encourage you to kind of clear the fog, kind of help you see what are some areas you can uh, improve on. It's definitely a great opportunity. So tell us again, how can individuals find you and how can they even, maybe even become a part of the transform? Absolutely. So you can go to transformmastermind.com and you can see what all Transform Mastermind Group has to offer you. And of course, there's so many other great things on the website. We got the publishing company. We have that tab. We have a tab for the radio uh, show that we're doing. Now, I, I know the radio airs in Worcester, Massachusetts. And right now we're doing all the recording. So nothing has aired yet. So I'm not sure how to tell people other than go to the web, go to uh, etransforminternational.com or transformmastermind.com or transformpublish.com. They all lead to the same website, just a different page of the website. But you'll find the radio station there and you'll find or the archived episodes of my recordings of them. And you'll also find all the stuff you need to know about the mastermind group. You can set sign up right there. Again, it's just $35 a month. You'll be able to log into the membership portal, get all the academies, all the programs, and be in the Facebook group, which anybody can come into the Facebook group. So you can find that on Facebook and transform mastermind group. 
and you can get your feet wet there. Well, that sounds awesome. And before I let you go, I always ask this question. Um, based on what you know now and where you are now, what would you say to your younger self? You know what, Karen? I actually wrote back when I was teaching in the prisons. I, I One of my assignments, I had them all do what would... I had them all write a letter to their younger self. And so mm -hmm. I have written a letter to my younger self as an example of what their homework was to be. So there is a lot, and I'll give you a copy of it if you decide you want to do anything with it, with this video. Okay. I, I, can okay. upload it, I can upload it to my website as a link, and then you can share that link with this video if you want, if people want to read okay. it. But, um, you know, a lot of times through life, here's the thing is you see people who are successful and you don't know what they've really been through. Mm. So there have been many times in my life where I really wanted to end my life. It was too hard. Um, I was depressed. I, I was just done. I was really done. And there mm. were certain reasons why I didn't. One was my faith. One was that I knew God had better things in store for me. Uh, some were my family, you know, so I have reasons I never actually did it, but those feelings are really, really strong. And so if I could say to, some of the stuff I said to my younger self is that, listen, time is time's tough right now. Um, but here's, here's your future. You know, you're going to have a radio show someday. You're going to be an author someday. You just got to get through this hard time. And you know what, when you get through this hard time, there'll be another hard time and another hard time, but you're going to get strong and you're going to get through it all. And you can either get through it with a, whatever smile you can muster up, or you can get through it and be depressed and stare at the medicine cabinet, contemplating if you're going to end it. So, you know, you asked me earlier what I would say to that entrepreneur who just feels stuck. Guess what? You're going through a hard time. You'll get over it. You know, you can be that author, you can have your radio show, you can have all these things. And so some uh, some people listening or watching this right now, 10 years from now, you might be able to look back and go, that's what I would have told my younger self 10 years ago. So wow. keep on it, you know, keep on it. Yeah, I know right now I'm having a really good day. My entire world could crash tomorrow and I may not have a clue it's coming. But I do know that hard times are coming. So I'm always prepared with the best attitude that I can have during that hard time. It's not going to be a good attitude. I guarantee you that. But it's going to be the best I can have during mm -hmm. that hard time because I know that brighter days are ahead. And I know like when God took my house fire, there's a reason. There's a reason. Mm -hmm. One, I can now relate and help other people who lose it all because I've lost it all. You know, wow. so. Look for the lesson. You're going to continue to go through hard times in your life, but you'll come out on top. You'll be okay. That's awesome because I think it's so important that I always say, you know, we plan for success, but we have to plan for failure too, because that is a part of the journey. But through those failures, that's how we learn. That's how we Grow. That's how we gain perseverance. And then we're able to share our stories with someone else and say, hey, if if I made it, you can make it too. So that's some great advice. 
Well, Miss Elena, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. We're gonna have to get you on again because then you the some of the stuff you start talking about before. I'm like, okay, we didn't even touch base on any of that. So you're gonna have to come back again real soon and we'll have to have part two of this conversation. But please share that link because I would like to share that because I think it's so important, especially for um, us celebrating Women History Month. This is part of this series, um, Winning Women. And so um, we know that when we keep our hand in God's hand, he certainly can keep us winning. We may fall down, but we certainly can get back up. So thank you so much for your time and uh, look forward to seeing you real soon. Thank you. Can I have a final word, please, Karen? Absolutely. Not the final word, just a final word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so um, I actually think that letter is a blog article on my website, but I'll double check and send you the link. The other thing okay. is I have a client who is doing a compilation book and each person who writes a chapter, it's exactly what they're doing. They're writing a letter to their younger self. So that yeah. way, yeah, so that way the younger generation can read it from that perspective of what we have told. So my letter will be going into her book too. She gifted me that since I'm publishing the book for her, but she's still looking for authors. So if anybody is interested in that, get a hold of me. I can't think off the top of my head what she's charging to be in the book, but I know it's very fair, very fair. Um, so that I wanted to say, and then finally, can you tell that my future is not even in what I'm doing now? My future is in ministry. Someday I will have my ministry. I'm sure that kind of came out today, didn't it? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It did. It did. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? And that's so true because um, when we when we are open to the possibilities, the opportunities, um, and I think that's the one thing I've learned the most during this last year is that to look at the opportunities in all crisis, because it's those things that will allow us to be open to our purpose. And so in one chapter of your life, your purpose can be something totally different and uh, it can be something totally different at another point. And I think that's just how God works. He wants us to spread all his good news everywhere we go. So in all different parts of life. So really excited to hear that now that I, I know that I will, I will certainly, I'll have to get you plugged in somewhere else that, uh, that, uh, we definitely look at sharing stories and, and helping people transform their lives and inspire them that no matter what they go through to, uh, keep pushing and that God can, can work it out if they keep trying. So thank you so much, Elena. I really, really appreciate it. And we'll be in touch soon and look forward to my email for part two. Very good. Thanks for having me, Karen. It's been fun. Sorry if I talk Thank too you. much. <laughs> no, you were great. You were awesome. Okay, good. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.